of comfort of, of a doctor saying, you know, they did a really good job with it and installing some hardware in there. I know that it's going to come back even stronger. It's going to be stronger than a bone. There's always pressure to score goals and on goal scorers, you know. I mean, that's, that's one of the most difficult positions to play. Hello and welcome to this week's installment of the Rapids podcast. I'm Director of Media Relations David Lindholm alongside play-by-play man Richard Fleming. Coming up on this week's program, we hear from Dylan Serna on his training camp with the U.S. Under-20s, as well as catching up with both Kamani Hill and Nathan Sturgis ahead of the home game with Toronto this weekend. First, though, we've got an interview with injured goalkeeper Matt Pickens, who's back in training with the rest of the squad, but still has a way to go to get his full fitness back after that match against Real Salt Lake on March 16th when he sustained a double break of his left arm. It was at the start of the game. We had a uh, corner kick to my right, and... Um, ball got swung in. I was moving from my right to my left and just went to punch it. I knew there was a crowd, and I remember just getting hit. I didn't know who hit me, and I just I felt a, felt a pop and some pain, and um, uh, you know I knew it was broke right away. Middle of the six, punched out by Pickens. And Pickens down just in front of his goal right now. Gander will come over and take a look. And Sabarillo calling the training staff staff of Colorado out right away. This is a ball that Pickens misjudged last week, and you can see that I believe it was Watson Sirbu who connected with Pickens' wrist with his head. Sub's going to come. Matt Pickens' day is done. Went to a hospital that night and had surgery and um, broke both my bones. Um, got those repaired and, you know, just a lot of pain after the 24 hours and um, a lot of meds. Obviously, for a goalkeeper, hands, wrists, those are so important for you. How, how was that sort of dealing with it motion, mentally and emotionally in those, in those first couple weeks afterwards? And, you know, whether was it support from your family or how did you get through that? Yeah, you know, it was my first time actually ever breaking a bone. I broke two of them, did them pretty good. So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, having the comfort of, of a doctor saying, you know, they did a really good job with it and installing some hardware in there, I know that it's going to come back even stronger. It's going to be stronger than a bone. Um, so, you know, now, you know, it's just, it was just the whole grind of, 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 of thinking, okay, I'm going to be out for quite a while. I've never done this before. So, um, you know, you just got to accept it. Once you accept it, it's all fine. So, you know, I accepted it Then a couple of days after I said, you know what, I can't do anything. I can't control. I can't take it back. And, you know, this is how it's going to be. And, you know, just put your head down, work and uh, get back as fast as you can, as strong as you can. So tell us about that rehab. What have you been doing to strengthen to, to get back to that point, like you said, that's stronger than it was before? Yeah. Um, f- fast forward a little bit. I, um, I just got clear to pretty much do a lot of stuff uh, rotation-wise and um, just been strengthening the arm in general. Uh, wrist, started out, sorry, started out with fingers, went to wrist, and now I'm doing my whole arm and um, the rotation side of things and trying to get all that scar tissue out of there so that I'm able to have all that rotation and, and flexion in there. Um, you know, and now I'm out on the field. Uh, the weather's nice now, so I've been kind of hunkered down in here on the elliptical and bike and stuff, and that was kind of precautionary too. I don't want to go down and fall on my arm and stuff like that and something stupid happened out there, you know, because um, things happen. Um, but now I'm outside. I'm just, you know, my legs aren't broke, so I'm going to get those as strong and and quick as I can so that when my arm is ready to go, I can hit the ground running. What have you seen from the team in your absence? It's been a different view for you than you're used to. You've been on the field for almost every game over the last three seasons. What right. what type of different perspective do you get and what have you seen? Right. Um, I think our mentality, our approach to, to, to fight for one another has been 
hands down one of the best seasons I've seen so far to start. I think that we got a lot of guys that are willing to work hard from the top all the way to the back. Um, a lot of the young guys have stepped in and done really well for us, and, and we need that. We need, you know, from, from 1 to 30, we need guys that, you know, if, if somebody goes down, we don't skip a beat. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of injuries, but I thought we dealt with them really well. We just got on with it. Um, and I think we're sitting, our, you know, we're sitting fine. We're sitting fine. We don't need to panic about anything, and it's the start of the season. We're still feeling it out. And, um, you know, I think, I think we're in a good spot right now. Matt Pickens there with that interview with David earlier in the week. Hello, everyone. Yes, we got to see um, the scars uh, uh, very close from that incident on March the 16th. Front and back of the forearm and uh, a long-lasting memory from that game against Rail Salt Lake. And there's video online if you want to check it out on coloradorapids.com. He's still got a lot of work to do both psychologically and physically to get ready for, for match action. Well, that's the big question, isn't it? You know, it's it's very different for an outfield player. You know, there are certain injuries that they could sustain that would have that psychological barrier for a keeper. You know, it's... It, the arms, the hands, I think as you mentioned in the interview, it's coming for that first cross. It's, it's diving at that onrushing striker. All of those things that will go through Matt's mind over the next few weeks. He'll be put through his paces in practice, of course, but it's in game day in that intense situation where you've got to do that thing for the very, very first time. That's as, almost as big a hurdle to overcome as the physical aspect, I think. Hello, this is Brian Mullen. For ticket information, call 303-825-GOAL or find details on the website, coloradorapids.com. Thank you for your support. Yes, tickets still available for this Saturday's game against Toronto FC, and that brings us to our next couple guests. Yeah, I've been talking this week to two players. We don't hear a great deal of those, Nathan Sturgis and Kamani Hill. We'll hear from both in a moment a little bit more detail, but this is what they've got to say about Toronto's record of leaking late goals. I think every team, you know, goes through that where, you know, maybe they're giving up a goal in the first couple minutes or they're giving up a goal at the end. Um, and, you know, it just kind of reinforces the fact that you have to stay alert uh, throughout the whole game because, you know, you can put in 90 minutes of good work and feel like you deserve a result. Uh, but if you switch off for one second, uh, it can, you know, get taken away from you really quick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's important for us. You know, if that's an area that, that they've struggled with, that, you know, we make sure, you know, we're pressing the whole game. And if we need a goal at the end, uh, that we really go for it and, and hopefully we can get one. I think that's like a, a point that you're aware of as a player, but still, you know, you have 90 minutes before that to focus on. So anything can happen, you know, and, and if we get to that stage, I'm sure that's something that may give us a little bit more motivation or, you know, uh, make us concentrate on getting that goal in the final minutes but hopefully we're up before then yeah interesting to hear those two on Toronto this week and that um, they don't as we all do look at stats and look at records and look at form of side so that's Nathan Sturgis and Kamani Hill on this week's opponents Toronto FC and that is a rough record that Toronto has giving up three equalizers in stoppage time yeah, you know, so you look at their record, they've got one win for the season against Sporting KC. You look at the results that have gone against them, those late equalisers, you're looking, rather than one win, you're looking at four victories, a potential seven points drop. That includes, of course, the, the late winner scored by Tim Cahill last weekend. So you've got to put it down to concentration, uh, going the distance, a big factor in, in that sort of fragility late on in the game. But this weekend, a side that's second bottom of the Western Conference, side second bottom of the Eastern Conference, uh, two sides that are desperate, desperate for points. 
And so you see it as a match the Rapids should win. Absolutely. And especially, I think, having come off the back of that incredible result. And it was an incredible result. And, you know, we look back on that performance against Houston last weekend. And it has been the case this season where the Rapids have taken the lead. They did so at Rail Salt Lake uh, and only came away with a point. But... I think if you look at it in the cold light of day, to get a point at Rail Salt Lake, to get a point at Houston, had you been offered that at the start, I think most of the fans and most of the players will have taken that. But you look at the Dynamo with their phenomenal home record, uh, unbeaten in 30 Major League Soccer games, that's what teams aspire to. And that's a topic I spoke with Nathan Sturgis about earlier this week. That's a big, a big part, especially in our league. Uh, it's it's tough to go on the road, so it's extremely important that you get uh, you get three points at home, and, and you definitely don't lose at home. Uh, so you, you know, looking you know with Houston last year, uh, that was you know that was what was got us into the playoffs. Is you know we <clears throat> we took care of business at home and, and got points. So I think you know if you look at any successful team in our league, that that's that's a huge part of it. Is you, you have to win at home. Um, and you, you can't afford to drop points because it's tough to go on the road and get points. Oh, well, you know that obviously the heat of Houston is tough. The altitude here in Denver is, is equally tough. Are, are teams now beginning to adapt to those conditions, those, those different conditions around the league? Um, yeah, I mean, it, you, you get used... Well, I don't want to say get used to it. You know, you, you have to adapt, but I think it's, it's an advantage... You know, for someone like Houston, they have the heat. You know, us, we have the altitude. Um, so, you know, it's little things like that that, you know, you really have to take advantage of. And, and you know, away teams that come in and aren't used to it, you know, you, you have to jump all over them um, because, you know, like I said, you have to get the points at home. Um, so, you know, whatever, whatever team you are, you have to find your, your little advantage at home and you really have to exploit it. So that's Nathan Sturgis talking a little bit about Dick Sporting Goods Park making this place a fortress for the team. And it's something we saw in the last home game here against Seattle, but and your view from the booth column focused on it a little bit, that, that concerning lack of goals. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think as I said in the view from the booth, um, a finisher has got to come to the fore. Fans, coaches, you know, front office, players, we're all looking for that dam to burst and the goals to flow. Kamani Hill had a great chance against Seattle a couple of weeks ago here at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. His uh, effort, though, as we know, came back off the post. I asked him, therefore, whether the pressure of not converting chances was now starting to get to the attacking players. I think there's there's always pressure to score goals and on goal scorers. You know, I mean, that's that's one of the most difficult positions to play. Um, as for why the goals aren't coming, I think that's something that that you know we have to to look at ourselves and uh, evaluate. Honestly, but uh, I mean, we've been creating the chances. So for me, it's just sometimes, you know, you, you strike the ball and it, and it hits the post. And sometimes it goes in, you know, it's a very small margin of error, you know. So. Do you see that changing? Do you see that at some stage soon it's all going to click, it's all going to come together and, and there's going to be a side that's going to take a bit of a beating? Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like we're, we're coming together and I feel like we can be dangerous, you know, as, as long as we get the... Uh, uh, 
the chemistry to to keep growing. You know, I I think that some of those chances that have just been cleared off the line or just been going inches wide, when those start falling for us and the team gets more confidence that we can we can totally swing this season in the opposite direction. That's Kamani Hill talking to Richard. Richard, are you as confident as uh, Kamani that those goals will be coming? Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, the side, we've got to look at with the injuries that I know that, that the coaches don't make excuses of, but the side has rarely been settled. The, the attacking threat has chopped and changed. Edson Buddle has been in and out. Deshaun Brown is coming back from injury. Danny Mawanga uh, is still trying to settle here in Denver following his move from Portland. Now, as I say, I'm not making excuses, but I know how tough it is to settle in to a new job miles from home there's lots of other distractions away from your your daily grind your daily work so I'm hoping that players coming back a more settled side um, I'm expecting to be calling plenty more Rapids goals in the coming weeks well let's certainly hope so so while the Rapids were in Houston last weekend one of the Rapids homegrown players was away on international duty that's midfielder Dylan Serna, who was with the U.S. U-20s at a training camp in California as they prepare for the World Cup, which takes place in Turkey in June and July. The USA have been drawn into a tough group, which includes Spain, France, and Ghana, and I started out by asking Dylan what kind of things they worked on during the camp. Pretty much just getting more training together, um, getting more chemistry with the guys. We played an inter-squad game in the middle of the week, and we had a lot of meetings and stuff down there talking about the way we want to play, um, mostly about pressing and stuff. Um, we did a really good job in Mexico, so he just wants to keep keep the same tactics going into the World Cup. There are some personnel difficulties when the team was in Mexico for that CONCACAF championship, and you ended up playing uh, right back. What, where were you playing this past week? Um, this past week I was playing, I played mostly left mid, and for the inner squad game I played defensive mid, but um, for the game on Saturday we played some amateur team in California, and I played left mid that game. And we heard, we heard you got a goal in that game also. Can you tell us a little bit about how you played, where you played, and how, how that goal came about? Yeah, um, I got subbed in with only like 20 minutes left. He said he was going to give some of the newer guys a chance to be seen in a game situation and stuff like that. So I got subbed in with like 20 minutes left, and I got the ball on the outside, played a through ball to Alfred, and he laid, laid a ball off to the top of the box, and I just finished it one time. The U-20s are obviously growing a lot. You've got a guy in your locker room here at the Rapids and Shane O'Neill that is part of that group as well. What, do you, what are your goals for that, that World Cup? What do you, you have a tough group, but what are you guys shooting for? Um, just go as far as we can. Um, I'm not sure how many teams. I think maybe the top two teams out of each group go. Um, when I was with the U-17s, obviously we got out of our group and then we got kind of embarrassed by Germany, but we don't want that to happen again. We have a tough group, but I think... The way we've been playing in Mexico, we played against Mexico in Mexico with that kind of environment, and we still played really well. I think we can do pretty good in the World Cup. Is there a sense of pride being from Colorado, having another guy from Colorado, and having both of you represent the Rapids as homegrown players with the U-20s? Yeah, um, a lot. I've been the only guy from Colorado for a while, so to have Shane there with me and have a bond here on this team together and then go out there together, it's it's pretty special. How much does playing with the U-20s give you a platform to try to break into the first team here with the Rapids? Um, I think a lot, as long as I'm doing the right things out there, come back here, doing the right things. Um, I had a good week of training here before I left. I had scored in the reserve game before I left with the national team. And so hopefully I can come back strong and hopefully try to get a spot here. And finally, you're scoring goals, but you're also playing defensive mid. You're playing back. Where, where do you see yourself? Where do you see your best position? And and where do you think you can break in going forward? 
Um, I think my strongest positions are left or right mid, playing as a more attacking role. I think I'm stronger, but I'm comfortable playing wherever they want me to be. So there's Dylan Cerner speaking to David uh, on live for the USA Under 20s. Uh, before we go, a quick plug from me for the new show on Altitude entitled Rapids Report each Thursday throughout the summer. It'll look at all things Rapids and at the wider Colorado soccer scene. Myself and Marcelo Balboa each Thursday, May the 2nd at 7pm. From then on, the show airs at 6pm. And of course, we're in the booth this Saturday. Pre-game from 6.30 on Altitude. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock. Do join us if you can. Well, that's it for us. Thanks for listening to another Rapids podcast. For Richard Fleming, this is David Lindholm. We'll be back next week.